Hey guys, hope everybody's doing well. Um, I guess this is uh, not that I won't podcast anymore or um, you know share parts of my journey, like. But you know this this podcast was built around Tokyo 2020, and um, it was really quite refreshing actually to go back to. I think the an episode was you know December twenty seventh on the you know twenty eighteen and um you know it's coming up to three years and I make this statement I'm trying to think I think back then I had ran two fifteen fifty five yeah two fifteen fifty five and twenty eight thirty six for ten k. And, you know, I make this statement that says um, I'm going to, you know, try to make the Olympics. Um, and I, you know, also say that I'm going to, you know, try to break 210. Um, and the interesting thing is, you know, when I ran 215.55 in London, I mean, I already was wearing the Nike shoes that day. So it's it's been a, a journey there it's shit that I even have to say that but I just understand that nowadays we put most big chunks of improvement down to um shoes and so I kind of quite like I can sit as a bystander to all this and and watch you know people suggest that shoes are making the big jumps etc etc but you know I know myself from 2018 the first time I wore the Nike shoe in um, London I then went on to improve from 215.55 to 209.49 and and different excuses can pop up along the way I know London was really hot that year etc etc but you've still ran ultimately excuses aside you've still ran the best part of six minutes faster um, so I listen back to this podcast and, you know, one of the things I say is I think I can break 210, um, and that I think I can make the Olympics. And I guess you guys then follow this journey, like the whole way, you know, you, you followed from, I go to Houston and, um, go the wrong way, but still run quicker than, um, so, I still run quicker than any other Irish person had in a while. Um, and that, that day my hamstrings actually sort of like flared up and I had tightness in the hamstrings. And, um, then I go to, so that's 2019. Then I go to, no, that's not, that's 20. So I started the podcast in 2018. I've confused myself now. So I ran two, I was a 2.14.30 runner, sorry, when I started the podcast. And I ran my first, really? I don't know if I believe that. I've just really confused myself now. Did I do Houston? I did Houston in 2020 and ran 2.11.50. Ah, I was right. What the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, okay. So that's right. Um... What I said was correct. I ran London Marathon in 2017 
So I started the podcast. So I ran London Marathon 2017, um, 217.55, I believe, when I had just started the comeback. Beginning of 2018, I race Houston Half Marathon and run 63.17. Um, and then I run the Hawk, um, London. So I was right, but Look, the journey goes on because I ran 2.14.30 and then we got the Olympic qualifying times were released and, you know, it wasn't fast enough. Um, And then I have to go. So I go to Doha because Doha was already planned. Um, And then after Doha, so 2019 was actually when I ran 2.14.30, going the wrong way. And then in 2020, so I go to Doha, um, you know, struggle. And what's interesting about Doha, and I'll come back to that, is I thought I struggled because of altitude dates. Um, similarly to, you know, how I've just struggled. And I, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to like dissect and it's going to really up, not upset me, but it's going to, it's going to make for interesting listening is what I would say. Um, but I, either I'm delusional or, my body seems to have a problem after altitude, unless it's pretty much straight after altitude or it happens to fall on a lucky day. So, but we'll get to that. So I go to Doha, struggle, go to Dublin, run really well. Um, and none of that was on purpose. Like I didn't, I didn't choose to struggle in Doha. Um, and then after Christmas, I, I target Houston Marathon and I go to Houston and run 2.11.50, you know, windy day in Houston. Like it was 15 mile per hour winds. Like I don't make this shit up. It was fucking really hard. Um, that was a fucking heroic effort. So I go to Houston and run 2.11.50 and that was my first qualifying standard because it was the first time that, um, it was top five gold label. And it, you know, essentially put me on the plane. Um, then after Houston, I run Lauren Half Marathon, 61.08. And then I run Dublin, or sorry, London Marathon, 209.49. And here's what's really interesting, what I'm starting to, like, I don't, <laughs> believe me, I, I, I honestly don't know. It's really hard for me because I usually know a lot when it comes to my body and it comes to running but I genuinely left Flagstaff thinking I mean on on paper the numbers were something like the 12 weeks before London Marathon I think I averaged 74 mile a week which doesn't sound a lot but that's what I do um the 12 weeks before Tokyo I think I had averaged 80 four something like that it was a bit higher um which over 12 weeks is quite the difference you're also looking at um just a much more professional year because there was no covid so well sorry covid still existed but there was no the breakdown from me last year during covid was drinking three bottles of red wine like a week four what am i talking about three three fucking i used to drink one and a half a night couple of times a week if not every night of the week so 
And then I only, I'm talking about the 12 weeks that led into London were 74 mile a week. But before that, I was barely running. And so the Tokyo buildup just seemed, when I was leaving Flagstaff, there was all this confidence. And um, I did the, I did a session just before I left and on a, on a road loop. So I did like 12 mile and I ran the last five mile sub five minutes and to, to kind of put that into perspective, when I ran 28.30, I did six times one mile with recovery. And I think I averaged 4.55 that day for the six times a mile. And so obviously to run five mile at the end of a 12 mile sort of progression run, where I was running 5.20, 5.30, I wasn't jogging at all. I was like, holy fuck, I don't, I don't run sub five minute mile in, in Flagstaff. It's 7,200 feet. And the confidence was sky high. And then I fly to Japan and I do a, the first thing I do is a little bit of a treadmill tempo. And I'm running at 21 kilometers an hour, which is 430 pace, 430 to 440. And I don't know if the treadmill was 100% accurate. We never know, like, you, but, but Ricky, the physiologist said it looked pretty fucking fast. And my lactate was 1.2, 1.4, 1.2, 1.6, 1.4, which if you don't understand lactate, it's really fucking low for, it's really fucking low. Even if the treadmill was a kilometer an hour out, if it was 20, it's really fucking low. And then I did a, a 10 mile session on the track where I did four mile tempo. At like 1950, ran the last mile in 450. It was 90 degrees out, really humid. And it's the first day that I thought, do you know what? I'm going to be able to race the Olympic marathon at five minute mile pace, which is like 212, 211, 212. And then I did 8400s at the end, I think, and ran the last one in like 62 maybe and felt awesome. So look, what goes on to be confusing is that then three days later I have another really good session um five times 2k and again it's 90 degrees it's super hot super humid um but I'm running 69 70 second laps looking amazing the 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 team management were saying things like you know it's the best just they like Richard was saying it's the best overall over all these years he's been involved in athletics Ireland blah 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 the best he's seen an athlete look coming into a championship. And I was so excited for the team management because for the first time, I thought I was going to have an epic run in the Irish Fest versus like where I've ran well at London or other marathons. So just a second. So then two days later, which is day 10, I have a real stinker. It's set up to be perfect. We go earlier in the day. We we have a bike. We have everything. It's set up to be perfect. I I don't feel anything wrong. Um, and I start my warm up jog, and I just know my body doesn't feel good. And then I start the tempo. Now two days before in the two k reps, I was running the first lap in like sixty eight, and I was having to like slow myself down. I was having to be like Stephen, like hey, like what the fuck, slow down. I run the first lap in eighty. Eight zero, <laughs> fucking hell! The shock on my face when I get round is like, oh fuck! Like I'm gonna have to speed up, and I did not expect that. 
I expected to hit 72 and then have to slow it back to like 74. And I was going to do like a pretty, pretty decent tempo, like maybe like six miles um, and then two mile a bit harder. But I run an 80 and it doesn't really get much better from there. Like I just struggle. And I at four mile, I, I call it a day and I pack it in and I'm moody as fuck because I'm like, this should have been perfect. And actually, I did a 10 mile session, 15 seconds per mile quicker, you know, on my third day getting off the plane. So I'm confused as fuck and I'm walking a lap of the track and I'm moody and all the rest of it. And and then I try again. I'm like, OK, look, I'll try again. 80. And I'm just like, fuck me. Like, what the hell is going on here? And it reminds me, um, I look back. And and the first thing that came into my head was it reminded me of a day, the very first day that I ever wore the Alpha Flies, believe it or not. And I go into Bushy Park. I've done a, a similarly, I've done like a four or five mile tempo um, on day three after Sierra Nevada. So me and Katie come back from Spi in Sierra Nevada and I do a, you know, a five mile tempo. I think it was around Dulwich Park and I average 450. And I text Rob Demmead and I say, oh, my God, I could, you know, run a marathon PB. And a week later, um, I do a eight mile tempo in the park. And I think I'm going to average like 445, 450. And I average 512. So 512 is 22 seconds a mile slower than what I'd average the week before. And my heart rate's way higher, maybe like 10 beats higher. Um, and so it reminded me of that day. So I, I kind of took confidence in that because I thought, well, hey, look, it just looks like on day 10. And if, if altitude is a fucking joke, like I don't it's mad that I haven't been there for four or five years. I still don't understand it. And I left altitude. They tested my bloods. I had a big boost. Bloods were in a great place. I thought fitness was in a great place. Average miles was in a good place. I had done heat acclimation. And I've been doing fucking saunas since like March. Like it bothers me this, how hard I prepared for that Olympics. And so what te- what sort of happens then is we, we fly to Sapporo and three days later. So that was the Friday, Saturday, Sunday's easy on the Monday. Instead of doing my usual three mile tempo, I do four mile at marathon effort and then a mile a bit harder. OK, and I. I needed to do something on a day where I'm feeling good. And this day just so happens to be the exact same day that I raced Larn two weeks after coming back from Fontremeau, right? And so I should feel good because in the past, I felt good on day 14. So I go to the loop. I run four mile. Like, bear in mind, I have no idea what I'm going to run. No clue. Don't know if it's going to be 520 pace. This is a fucking hilly 900 meter loop in Sapporo. Don't know if it's going to be 520. Don't know if it's going to be five minutes. And I'm, I'm happy that it's like 458, right? Heart rate is, heart rate is sitting at like 168, which is right around where I run a marathon. Okay. I've run six marathons and the average heart rate has always been above 168. I'm running 458 pace. On the last mile, I run 444. 
and my heart rate goes up to 176, which in Larne for the half marathon, I average 180. Okay. So I finish the tempo and the excitement that I have is I'm, ba- I'm back to like, I'm fucking coming top 10. Right. So I'm so excited. My fucking legs are back. The power was back. There's none of this fucking 80 second first lap. And I'm so pumped. Then two days go by. I come out on the Thursday and I do my final, final session and I do 2K on the road loop. Nothing. 2K. Heart rate doesn't go above 166. I average fucking 435 pace. I feel ridiculous. I feel so good that while I'm watching Molly Huddle or Molly Seidel, sorry, that's really bad. While I'm watching Molly medal, I see myself. And every time Molly's ran well at a race, so have I. Houston Marathon, London Marathon, like we prepared in the same place. It was a hot place, etc., etc. I'm fucking loving it. Now I've done a 2K. So the last two sessions that I do were the, were similar, if not exactly the same as I did before London Marathon. I feel better during them. And my heart rate's lower during them, right? So in my head, and that includes the heat, right? If your fucking heart rate's lower and your speed's faster and it's hot as fuck, you're thinking, I'm fucking ready to go, right? And so then I do a K on the little road track and I run 238, I think, and I feel fucking phenomenal. And that's it. That's, that's job done. And so then I have two easy days where I do fucking nothing. And, and then I show up to race and I'm, I'm so confident, like so confident, so excited. The race is day 17, which is, that's now the only difference between, um, London. So I say my heart rate was lower. The speed was faster. London was on like day 35. It was like five weeks after coming back from altitude. Um, so, and I'm going to sound like a broken record, all this altitude shit, but in about two minutes, you're going to start to see it. So the gun goes and it's like on the Monday, 458 felt like a jog. On the Thursday, 435 felt fucking awesome. I was flying, flying. It felt amazing. On Sunday, 455 pace felt like I was flat out. And here's the problem. My heart rate monitor decided not to work. So normally in a hot day like Doha or London, I work bang off heart rate, right? And so even if I feel a bit shit, I just say to myself, but your heart rate's okay. So I look down and my heart rate says like 155. So obviously as I'm pushing and it doesn't feel good, I just say, Stephen, your fucking heart rate's so low. Like, you're chilling. You're absolutely chilling. Don't panic. And so I'm pushing to get on the back of the group, thinking, you're fucking laughing here. Your heart rate's so low. This is great. Then I look down at my heart rate about a mile later. It's 145. Now, believe me, it's not 145. I now realize the heart rate monitor's not fucking working. And this is a chest strap, a Garmin chest strap, the battery just must have ran on maybe the humidity, the wetness of the strap. Just I don't fucking know, like during the week, during the two weeks that I, I don't know, who knows. But I have three heart rate monitors and I'd use the polar 
for the two weeks. The polar strap's really, really good. I'd used the polar strap for the two weeks that I was in Fukuroi and Sapporo. And for some reason, on race day, I decided to use my Garmin triathlon strap, which I only bought to do the underwater treadmill running. And I thought it would be better because it would be, it should handle the wetness better. But obviously the battery must have been flat. And, and so I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you what my heart rate was. I have no fucking idea, which doesn't help my post race analysis. I don't know if I went off too hard, but I just feel terrible. Um, I feel shit. I feel the exact same as I did on the track about on the day 10. I feel the same as I felt in Bushy Park that day when I was like 20 seconds per mile slower than I'd been literally a week before. Just a second. And so there's fucking nothing I can do but feel shit and race and feel shit. And like my, it's just like, I remember when I was, I hadn't even started my warm up yet. And I was reading my phone and listening to music. And it's like I had lactic in my arms just holding my phone above my head. It's weird. So it gets to the point where, like, I'm hot. I'm I'm getting slower. I'm already at, like, 5.25 per mile. Um, and I'm really struggling. And, and I'm going to a place where my brain is just fried. It's just like, this is so fucking shit. Like, how did this happen? Why did this happen today? You're shit. And I'm torturing myself. Um, and, and my legs just were so heavy. I just couldn't pick them up. And so now I'm like jogging, literally jogging. I was probably 6'10 pace at this point. And I just decided no. Like I don't, I don't ever, I don't ever, ever, ever quit. Like it's not, I've got this far. I just, it's not what I do, but it just wasn't. It, it didn't, it wasn't my fault. It didn't feel like that. I have no problem running poorly if I didn't prepare well, if I wasn't disciplined in the build up, if I didn't train hard, if I didn't go to altitude, if I didn't do, if I didn't go to fucking bed at half eight every night, you know, if I, if I did something wrong, I would, or like went off too hard intentionally or, or whatever. I finish it out because I realize it's your own fucking fault. Finish the fucking thing off and you you deserve to finish it off. Any mental torture, any physical pain in your legs, whatever, you fucking deserve it. You went off too hard. You've been partying, etc., etc. But I just it wasn't like that. And and so I, I like I haven't I haven't DNF'd a race in probably fucking 15 years or something mad. And and I step off and like the Japanese people are fucking ridiculous. They they slow clapped me in a medical car and like it was it's almost embarrassing. I wanted them to like stop. And what I'm going to tell you about altitude. I had deja vu the other day because I still don't feel great. I still feel shit. Um, I don't know where the where the two Ks, where the fitness from the two Ks have gone. I don't know where the fitness from the 10 mile track sessions gone. I don't know where the fitness from my like pre-race fucking 430 pace for the 2K. I don't know where it's gone because I was struggling to hit 505 pace in the park two days ago on a lovely day, perfect day, a park that I've ran a 12 mile tempo at 450. In. And like my heart rate's higher than when I did the 12 mile 
run in Flagstaff that's 7,000 fucking 200 feet and hotter. And that was less than three weeks ago. So I'm, I get deja vu because I text the doctor and I say, I know you guys are going to get deja vu, probably, if you've listened to all the podcasts. And I say, hey, you know, I think maybe I have a bit of fatigue or something. I think we should get a blood test. And then that's when I get deja vu because I'm like, Stephen, this is what you do every time after altitude. You think there's something wrong. Now, the reason I thought I'd be fine. First of all, I didn't book my travel. Ireland booked my travel. And I thought I'd be fine to race on day 17 because I raced so well in Larne on day 14. Now, what I didn't take into account is that after Larne, for like, well, fuck me, after Larne for like two weeks, I felt shit. But I thought I felt shit because I've raced Larne, right? And you guys remember this. This is all on the podcast. I feel shit. I can't, I can't run the same splits that I could run before Larne. My heart rate's higher. I'm really struggling. And I do a session like a week after Larne and I can barely break five minute pace. And I'm thinking, how the fuck a week ago did you run 13 miles at 440 pace feeling awesome and here a week later? So the deja vu brings me back to like, you know, I was supposed to pace Milan marathon. I got food poison. And then for like a month, I struggled in Portugal. I couldn't run three minute Ks. I could barely run 305 Ks. Like I just struggled for like a month and then I get these blood tests and I think, oh, maybe there's something wrong. Maybe my body's, maybe I'm fatigued. Maybe my, maybe my, like, what what was that thing again that people take that was like cheating? Um, thyroid, maybe my thyroid's fucked. Who knows? Thyroid's fine. Bloods are fine. Everything's fine. And I look, I've, because I've had time to look back and look at all the times I've been the altitude, Unless, unless I've raced straight after altitude and then I've raced really, really well, I have these periods for four to five weeks where I just struggle and I get all negative about it and I get all sad about it. And everybody's body's different after altitude. And I must have asked for a blood test two or three times because I thought I'm fatigued or I thought there's something wrong. And maybe my body post altitude camps just fucking struggles it just it just has a shit time of it until it gets to like four or five weeks after which is in like a week's time and then things tend to come around now people say if you if you go online and you search they'll say race within 48 hours two to three days after altitude 48 to 72 hours or wait at least three weeks and obviously i didn't do either but everybody's body's different. If you speak to anybody and they've been the altitude, they'll tell you a different story. They'll tell you on this day they felt great, on that day they felt shit. And of course, running's complicated, so you might feel bad for other reasons. Work stress, injury, hard race like Lauren. <sighs> to tell you the truth, it's all just been quite shitty. Like, I, I, the, all I come back to is like, it, it shouldn't be that complicated. If you work that hard, as I did, like I, I could just imagine as a listener, if you're a banker, if you're an accountant, if you're a salesperson, if you're in sales, if you're a fucking any job, pharmacist, doctor, fucking dentist, you know, imagine going away 
for two to three months at a time on work placement, all for this one big project. And then something out of your control makes it go bad. You know, it it just fucking sucks. Like, I'm really quite down about it. I'm quite down because it's hard for me to process that something that I love so much and dedicate so much time to isn't fair. Like, it's supposed to be the harder you work, the bigger the payoff. And I always thought life was like that. The harder you work, you know, you the, the better you did. And in most jobs, the harder you work, the more money you earn. The longer you work, the more money you earn. The harder you work, you get promoted. I know life's not always fair and things like this. And But I just thought I had it figured out. You know, I thought I had running figured out. And I sat in the medical tent and had the watch. And it fucking looked so, like, people's bodies were broken. Athletes that I thought were incredible just looked broken. And it was super uninspiring, to tell you the truth. I, I don't. And I'm not trying to put a dampener on people's spirits, but I don't know what I would do for the next three years to go to Paris and be competitive. And if I went to Paris and tried to be competitive and something went wrong, linked the altitude, and you have to go to altitude, there's no doubt about it. Anybody that was successful on race day in the top five, top ten, were all based at altitude. So if you don't do altitude, you don't stand a chance. If you do do altitude, and they make you fly in a certain day, you're fucked. And so, oh, it was hard. It was hard watching. And then it's been hard since to kind of process the, well, what do I do now? And I'm still training. You know, I, I made sure that I'm keeping myself out training. I'm just, I'm just having a hard time re-inspiring myself to, to think Kevin Seward, Paul Pollock, brilliant athletes. You know, Kevin runs 115 to 120 mile a week. He did so for eight to 10 weeks. And, you know, to come 50 odds, like, I'm sure Kevin thought he could be top 20. I have no doubt in my mind Kevin thought he could be top 20. And that's the harsh reality. This is so hard. <laughs> you know, it's it's really hit me like, you know, like they say, like fucking Mike Tyson hits you a big dig. Well, this has kind of hit me and I've been like, holy fuck. Like I thought I was really good and it was a massive reality check. Um, and yeah, like, yeah, fair enough. Like maybe there was something wrong, but you know, it's, you have to just take it on the chin, I suppose. And, um, I'm not quite at the place where I'm like, you know, I'm going to take it on the chin and I'm going to hurry on and I'm going to, you know, re-motivate myself and re-inspire myself. I'm just not there yet because I go for a run around the park last night and I can barely break seven minute pace and my body feels heavy and I'm sweating more than I should sweat. And it's just confusing. You know, I, I don't understand. I don't, my brain doesn't understand it because usually I feel like it shouldn't be that confusing if, you, if you've trained and you've trained well and you've trained smart. I was using a lactometer. I was using heart rate. I do all these things. It should just be more simple. And so, yeah, <laughs> I'm in I'm in Teddington. I love running around Bushy Park. I think I'll go back to Belfast soon, though. And, um, but I don't know what I do from here, um, sadly. I just don't know um, because I'm I'm. I'm really 
looking out for myself, I don't know. It's already hard. It's it's already a really tough road. And I've trained for since probably November last year. I had the Olympics in my mind. That's why we went to Sierra Nevada. That's why I went to Flagstaff in January. That's why I got a throat operation. That's why I went back to Flagstaff in March. That's why I went back to Flagstaff for two months in June. And it wasn't all for what you guys just see. For me at mile nine to have to step aside and not understand why my body on the biggest day of all just wasn't my body. It didn't feel like three days before when I did that final session, I told the team that went to watch and they were like fucking blown away by how good I looked and how strong I looked. And I told them it's like it's like when I get it right. I just have these fucking springs in my legs. They're just the par like all the gym stuff that I've been doing. And I just, I just feel this power just pounding off the pavement. And I feel so relaxed and so in control. And, um, and I can tell you that three days later, there was no fucking springs in my legs. There was lead in my legs. And it's hard for me to, to process that. And, and so I don't, I don't want attention from this podcast. You know, I, I, I don't want like hang in there. I don't want like this is something I need to I need to get through. Um and like after World Champs in Doha, I need to decide that I can refocus and rebuild and retrain and be willing to accept that the exact same thing could happen again. And if you can get to that place then it's okay because you've decided that you enjoy the journey, that you enjoy the process, that you enjoy. It's not all about race day is what you've decided. But if you can't get to that place and you know that it would crush you and you know that it would really beat you up, well, then the next two, three years aren't worth it for you. Um, And that's something I need to, I, I just haven't came to terms with that yet, which is why I hadn't done a podcast because I didn't know where I was at and it was just when I'm sitting like last night I'm just I'm just not there yet um I'm really not there um I'm I I don't know the answer at the minute I don't know what I I do I just don't know what I want I don't know what I want to do and I know I'm you know there's talent there's a really great ability I'm good at what I do but um there's just so many there's there's only so many mental setbacks you can take and it was really tough for me I, I'd had a breakdown two and a half weeks before the games you know and it was really tough for me to go but I I thought I was so fit that it would be a waste if I didn't and and I, I but chances are I was really fit and I don't know what the fuck this is I don't know where the fitness has gone I, I don't really know how that happens and I don't think anyone I don't really there's no studies they can do of athletes post altitude on which days they feel good or which days they don't. And like I say, it just shouldn't be that fucking complicated. <laughs> um, but yeah, so look, the podcast needed to be closed because you guys have listened for three years. That's such a long time. Um, it doesn't mean that there'll never be a podcast again. It doesn't mean that it won't be renamed and, you know, we'll begin a journey to, Paris for example I, I don't know 
but I just know I don't know yet. That's all I know. Sorry. <laughs> um, but thanks for listening and you know supporting and and being positive. And I fucking love that when people give me shit on Twitter, like, and I I really don't let it get under my skin. It might for like a microsecond. Actually, the thing that bothers me about Twitter the most is I the 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 CEO of Under Armour follows me on Twitter. Um, other CEOs of other companies, Nike, Adidas, I can't, <laughs> it's probably a good thing, but I can't respond perhaps the way I'd want to respond. And, and when people call me out, I'd like to call them out. You know, they act all tough on Twitter, but I'd, I'd like to really see how tough they are man to man, face to face. And, and that's all I know. All I know is I'll see how tough you are when I fucking stare down your throat and my fist is cocked and yeah, we, we can see where that goes. But I, I have all these people give me a hard time on Twitter. And what I love is that like throughout this whole journey, I've never needed to get involved with what people are saying on Twitter, good or bad, because you guys are like my army. I have an army. I literally have a fucking army of people that understand what I've been through, understand what I go through, understand how hard I work. Or, Of course, I could work harder, and we all could, but it comes down to how hard you're willing to work and how hard you're able to. There's some things that we'll all never be able to do. You know, I might never be able to just move the altitude forever because I'm human. And you have a human side to you that sometimes just isn't willing to go to certain lengths. and this army was created via this podcast and it it didn't matter. You know, I spoke to the psychiatrist a couple of days before the marathon and he said, like, are you prepared for if it doesn't go well? And, and, and I was like, well, I'll probably be the person that's disappointed the most. You know, the people that support me and follow me, they, they follow me because of me, not yes, the running helps, but you guys have, learned about me you have come to understand me to to root for me in life not just big results and the big results came and, and they were brilliant and and they might come again even better you know um but yeah i just want to say thanks i i really appreciate that i have this army of people that you know it seems like i i joke that if i died if i had died four years ago you know people would have being like upset or I feel like if I died now I'd have an army of people that would say things like you know he's made me a better runner he's he's made me happier he's made me a better man he's made me a better you know mom he's made me a better wife husband and that's that's kind of the thing that I ask the people on Twitter that are trying to beat me up like you know how many people did you help today how many people this week did you inspire how many people over the last year have you reached out to when they're struggling and that's what you should all ask yourselves because you know that's how we make life better by helping the people around us or you know what people we can get to and reach you know inspire them help them and and it's not my journey in this podcast was labeled Tokyo 2020 and it's going to be sad for us all but that journey's over. It's ended. It didn't end the way I wanted it to, but it's ended. And it was a success because it inspired 
a lot of people. It helped a lot of people. But yeah, I just want to say thank you. So this is me tuning out Tokyo 2020. Thanks a lot, guys.